You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. Uh, just want to take a quick second and remind everyone to check out the Locked On MLB podcast with Sully. Occasionally, I'm a guest on there. By occasionally, it's happened twice, maybe. Well, if you count when I took over the show last year with Taylor Blake Ward and hosted it, uh, I've been on it like five or six times. But for the most part, it is something that uh, I just pop up sometimes. I get along with Sully. Sully's a great guy. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, on top of that, what's the show going to be about? Disappointing weekend, right? Oh, boy. I mean, the Orioles are not a good team. To lose two out of three and just to get decimated with uh, by the bats. Now, we knew it would be a possibility. We knew there'd be some struggles uh, overall in this one. But, yeah, it's it's pretty ugly. The Indians are now four games out of first. They've officially hit that point where they're closer to third than they are to first. You got to beat the Orioles. I mean, there's not really any defense for this. We'll talk about these three games. We'll talk about the roster move that they went out and make made. Honestly, let's just start there. So what did the Indians do? They they weren't going to carry two first basemen. They decide it is time to see what Bobby Bradley can do, even though he has struggled this year. They didn't see any point in like getting bogged down in those numbers. They called him up. They're going to let him get a chance to play first. Uh, if you're not going to keep Bowers, then you have to let him go. That opens up a roster spot. So they added Blake Parker. Uh, it's step one. I mean, I honestly do not think Bowers or Bradley is the answer. Uh, but Bradley will probably get a two-month tryout as well. I mean, we're into June now. Bowers got two months, and even in his best, he was several shades below average. I'm all for giving Bobby Bradley a try. I, I don't have the highest expectations for him. I've been very out on Front Street about that from the beginning, and we'll see what he can do. Maybe he proves me wrong, but right now he gets an opportunity. If he doesn't work out, you're hoping that uh, eventually, you know, hopefully they'll just move Josh Naylor there and move on. I'd like to see Daniel Johnson get a legit chance at some point. So if Bobby Bradley doesn't work out, maybe they move Naylor first and put Johnson in the outfield. I don't know. I feel like I just I don't know how they're evaluating players I don't know how there's a world right now where anyone evaluates Bowers and Bradley as having a higher ceiling than Daniel Johnson just based on Daniel Johnson's physical tools and his ability to play multiple outfield spots alone like he's going to be a good backup Uh, if you're worried he's just a platoon bat I mean a platoon bat is still more than uh, what Jake Bowers was like Bowers could not hit major league pitching it was a limited profile, and you know I learned a lot. I was high. I was extremely high on Bowers when he was in Tampa system because he was always young for the level, and he was putting up good walk rates, and he had good contact numbers, and he had those good bat pips. And a lot of things I looked at for good indicator stats. And the problem was, you know, everyone assumed the power would come. They assumed, you know, he'd develop more. It just didn't happen. You know, the Indians. I liked the trade when they made it getting out from under what Edwin was owed, getting Carlos Santana back, uh, who I always loved. And then I was sad to see Yandy go, but I knew they'd never play him. And Bauer's a really interesting prospect. You can go find some terrible takes by me when that trade went down uh, about how happy I was. Essentially, like, I mean, Bauer's is a great get. It didn't work out. Time to move on. 
well beyond time to move on. Uh, adding Blake Parker, I mean, it feels that feels like a temp move to me. Uh, he, you know, he did come in this weekend. Uh, he was fine, but he, you know, he hasn't been good in a while. He's a guy who's had really high strikeout, not strikeout. Well, the strikeouts were not bad a year ago. Let's be honest, they were high, but lots of walks, lots of home runs. Uh, it's a placeholder for a team that got beat up. Like I said, we'll get into these box scores from this weekend, but I mean, they used a lot of arms and it didn't go well for them in general, but this is the first of many transactions of a similar like. I think we will see, you know, ring the little bell if you have it. They have to make so many 40-man decisions at the end of this year that they have to try, guys. They have to start moving on, and you got to see, you know, here's Bobby Bradley's two-month trial, and just like Bowers got one. The end of July, we get to the deadline, and Bradley is a below league average bat, just like Bowers was. If he is just a league average bat, that's probably not enough for them. But I mean, heck, let's be honest, league average is a steady step up from everything else we've seen with the Cleveland Indians this year. But if he is, you know, Bowers was his runs created was in the 80s. It's not good. That's that's even after like that's the good month was in the 80s. So you're. You're moving on from that, so you need something more. We'll see if Bobby Bradley can do it. The problem with Bobby Bradley is he is just all power. He doesn't really walk. He strikes out a lot, and that high strikeout profile is just... It takes a rare breed to turn that into something successful. When it is as extreme as a Bobby Bradley or with Bradley Zimmer, uh, there you know there's the Teoscar Hernandez's of the world, but there's not a lot like him. So that's just my kind of overall view on that. Tra- of not tra- Well, I guess it was. It was a pair of transactions. Bowers gets designated. They open up the roster spot there. Uh, because, again, yes, they could have just technically sent down Eli Morgan and brought up uh, Bobby Bradley. He's already on the 40-man. But, again, they're not going to carry essentially three first basemen because Josh Naylor's a first baseman playing outfield. So instead, they get rid of Bowers. And by doing that, they open up a spot on their 40-man and they decide of all the players they can go with to go with Blake Parker, which is so a why Blake Parker? Why him? Well, we, we went through and talked about that AAA squad. A lot of guys who are hurt, a lot of guys who are not performing the best, but also a park that is really not conducive to pitching. Blake Parker you add because when you need, let's say, uh, Roberto Perez comes off the disabled list, you do not worry about that spot like okay Blake Parker is an easy cut he'll likely and he's unless he is absolutely pitching out of his mind at the time or another team is desperate and if he's pitching out of his mind the Indians aren't going to release him they'll find someone else but if a team is desperate yeah maybe they would lose him there but more often more likely than not I should say you add a Blake Parker because he is the easiest player to peel off later that's it's just thinking about long term he's a guy who can go out be rubber-armed you don't have to worry about overusing him due to his age, and then you don't have to really worry about anything with him. He's just a guy that can fill a spot for you temporarily for a team that needs arms after a rough weekend that we'll talk about here in a sec. So we have a brand, brand new sponsor, and that is Lucy. We talked a little bit about them last week. Let's talk about them again today. It is Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Uh, they have gum and lozenges, each with four milligrams of nicotine. Uh, for your gum, you can get in wintergreen, cinnamon, or pomegranate. Lozenge is cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Their FSA and 
HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA card to purchase Lucy now. It's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. Uh, it's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some nicotine, gum, or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, you don't even have to leave your house as Lucy has delivery down. And since it's FSA and SHHSA eligible, you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Listen, listeners, oof, listeners, go to lucy.co and use the promo code LOCKDOWNMLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co. Use the promo code LOCKDOWNMLB at checkout. Also, I have to give this, decla- dis- this disclaimer warning. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Remember, if this is something that appeals to you, go to lucy.co and use that promo code LOCKEDONMLB to save 20% on your first order. So how many people watched the games this weekend and thought, man, we should have traded for Cedric Mullins? It kind of crossed my mind. I talked about him multiple times in the past two years as a trade candidate. You know, His uh, defensive center field metrics were off the wall. He was an interesting prospect for a long time because he kind of came out of nowhere to be a borderline top 100 guy for the Orioles at a time when they had maybe the worst uh, minor league organization in baseball. Interesting player who is uh, always been toolsy. He's been slowly putting it together. I remember I had a buddy in the Orioles organization. I just like, what's the deal with him? Why is he all of a sudden up in double A doing things he hadn't done before? I'm just very curious and intrigued. You could just see his athleticism very easily on display back then. And I, I didn't get much of a response. Nothing that really stuck out enough that I remembered. But Mullins... Quite a weekend for him, and yeah, Baltimore, uh, do they have the lowest percentage, winning percentage in baseball right now? Quick check, uh, 21 wins is the second lowest behind the Diamondbacks, uh, so they're really bad, so Baltimore does decide to move on, I mean, you know, it, and the thing with the Cedric Mullins isn't, on top of what he can do, is what the Indians can't do, and they can't develop a center fielder. They don't have anyone in their system who can play center field. The closest center field prospect of note may be George Valera in high A, depending on how you want to look at him. Uh, but most people don't think he will stick in center long term. After that, it's like Petey Halpin or Isaiah Green, who were the high schoolers they drafted a year ago. They don't. I mean, Daniel Johnson, if you want to try him there, that's not been his position in a lot of times in the minors, but they have nothing. They have nothing. Like if Baltimore is the team that you can trade four of those rule five guys, if I can get them to trade me, should we, uh, here, I'll pause the podcast, go do the trade machine very quickly and try to figure out what a deal would look like for Mullins. Cause I'm, I'm all in right now with the way he is performing offensively and defensively. Let's go get Cedric Mullins. So I went over and I looked and Mullins is up to a near a value of 24 uh, on that site. To get there, basically you're looking at Rokogio or Bracho. Part of me thinks who knows would be more interested in Bracho because the bat's going to be more productive. But just as a kind of an on-paper deal of something that might actually get it done, value 23.8 for Mullins, value of what the Orioles, 24.6. Rokogio, Jose Tenya, and Carlos Vargas. Now Vargas is currently hurt, so I don't know if you could actually trade him. I'm trying to think of the rules on that. Uh, you could probably substitute another high ceiling arm uh, in that similar area who is unproven uh, going the other way. But Tenya is playing well. Rokoyo is 
you know, some people view one of the top six to seven prospects in the system. Some people even top five. It, it, you got to pay something to get something. And again, <laughs> do I need to? I don't think I have to dig into Cedric Mullins' numbers. Do I really need to do that? I, I mean, if you didn't watch the game this weekend, I'm not sure um, if you're listening uh, or why you're you're listening too much to me. If you're not going that deep, but Cedric Mullins over the course of this season, uh, WRC plus. His runs created plus where it it got away from me there of 148. Still a high level defender, uh, eight home runs, 9.2 walks, 314 average, 379 on base, 511 slugging. Uh, I would honestly be willing to talk to them about a trade that involved Aaron Bracho and Brian Rocoyo. You have the depth, you have that 40 man crunch. Both of those are two of those players, two of the 10 I mentioned that need to be added. Yeah, it stinks, but the other point to point out if you were to go and make that trade is, as I said, they have no one in center field for this team in coming up. There, there's no options. There is nothing. Center field is a dead zone for the Cleveland Indians uh, just in their system. And in terms of you know, uh, Cedric Mullins and how many years of control you get, you know, it's always something you have to think about when you're the Indians. Always something that uh, kind of sticks in the background. He becomes arbitration eligible at the end of next season, and you get him through 2025. So for those who don't want to do the math, this year is 21, 22, 23, 24, three and a half more years of control. So yes, I'd be willing to trade two top shelf prospects for a guy with three and a half years of control at a position that they have no internal depth at. They don't have a lot of great options. Go get him. Like he is the one player that might make sense above and beyond any other because the Orioles are bad. He's already 26. You're going to get him for all of his twenties. And let's see. So I just went over to baseball savant outs above average and outfielder jump. So outs above average is 97, uh, which last year we talked about, he was also phenomenal. He was 95 a year ago. So no matter what happens, you at least have an elite defender there. 88 for sprint speed, 79 for jump. Not striking out much. 86 for whiff exit. He's not barreling a ton. That's 21%. That's his worst uh, rating. But his max exit velocity is 63. Average is 52. He doesn't hit the ball very hard. He doesn't walk a ton. But he's making solid contact. He is playing well. And then, I mean, defensively, I mean, the dude's about as good as gets in center field. He would be my number one trade target maybe in all of baseball right now, if I'm being completely honest. I feel like... If this past weekend didn't help convince you, then we were watching different things. So let's talk. Let's just start with Friday's game. That'll get us through the first break. And then we'll come back and talk about Saturday and Sunday. So in this game on Friday, JC Mejia gets that first start. They haven't stretched him out enough. He only gets to go three innings. But what three innings they were. One hit and one walk, two strikeouts. I've been rough on Phil Maton. Uh, two innings, two strikeouts. Sandlin gets a hold, one inning, two strikeouts. Blown save, Brian Shaw. Two hits, two earned runs, a walk, a strikeout. Gives up the home run. Also has a wild pitch. Not a great inning. Nick Whitgren, who's had I mean, his worst year in Cleveland, let's be honest, so far. Three hits, uh, an intentional walk. He gives up an earned run as well. The Indians, uh, Keegan Aiken, I talked about how I was hoping that they would uh, you know, 
play well, and he just destroyed him. Three hits, one walk, four strikeouts. And I mean, Cole Solster, former Indian, uh, he was yeah, he was a guy who had kind of a funky delivery, funky mechanics, all this stuff. He ended up was he traded to Miami and then claimed and went to ball. It was it, he's had a long path, but he's a guy that day three, late day three pick. It's just nice to see him in the big leagues in general. Uh, I mean, he is definitely going to be one of your three stars. Another error by Naylor. Shaw also with a, an error. Stolen base number three for Zimmer. You get a triple by Harold Ramirez. That's you know that that's your highlight. The Indians had eight hits and got one run. They also had two errors. They had one walk. On the other side of things, they got three runs on just six hits. There were the nine or nine sorry three walks that gives you kind of nine opportunities. The Indians also had nine opportunities. Two errors, wild pitch, and an intentional walk. Yes, Baltimore did have more scoring opportunities than this one on the whole. 3-1 game is a close loss. It's unfortunate, but this is a team that just can't seem to put things together consistently. Uh, even those guys where we talked about, like, Naylor, Naylor, nope, Naylor and Cesar, Cesar Hernandez, just don't stay hot. Ahmed Rosario doesn't stay hot. Doesn't you know? Don't even want someone to stay hot. Just consistently play decent. That's that's what we're looking at. I, an unfortunate loss. They should beat up on Keegan Aiken. Like yeah, he's got a three point six ERA this year, but he hasn't been that uh, that great of a player for them. Saturday they do beat up uh, John Means and Adam Pletko. Means goes to the DL. Uh, after that, old friend alert: Adam Pletko. I mean, he got, it was only one earned run. Uh, an error hurt him. You look at this, Savali, six innings, four earned runs, four, thri- four strikeouts. The three home runs is a bit of a concern. A little bit lucky they didn't turn into anything more. Uh, oh, did I? I'm realizing now I didn't do like my three stars the last game. Uh, so the last game, nor did I do who reached base twice, but uh, we'll go Jose Ramirez. I think he's the only one with multi-hit. Harold Ramirez had your only extra base hit, and Mejia with the good opener performance. Saturday's game, uh, Cesar Hernandez hits his ninth home run. Harold Ramirez is third. Yu Chen Chang out there getting his first, uh, playing a little bit more first base. Bobby Bradley did pinch hit for him. Three-hit game by Harold Ramirez. Three-hit game by Eddie Rosario. I mean, just, I thought he'd be an above-league average bat. I predicted this offense would be better this year than last year uh, on the strength of the addition of Eddie Rosario and his bat and his performance. But uh, it just hasn't been there, but it's nice to see it in this game. Uh, Owen Miller's the only one who didn't have a hit. I'm sorry, and Bradley Zimmer. Those two did not have hits. Uh, No walks for the Indians. They scored 10 runs on 13 hits. They had zero walks. 11 hits for Baltimore, and they only got four runs. It's kind of crazy that they could have 11. Now, Cedric Mullins to go five for five with two home runs in this one. Uh, he went off a bit, but the rest of the offense struggled uh, for them. I, I mean, Galvis and Mooncastle were good uh, overall, but when you have 11 hits and three home runs, you expect more than four runs. It's just that's almost impossible to do. Uh I mean, they even, let's see, so they had no walks either. There was a hit by pitch. I can't recall the last baseball game. They had no walks on either side. Uh, the Indians win. A nice win, a solid win. Uh, I mean, three stars in this one. 
uh, you got to give Harold Ramirez and Eddie Rosario, who each had three hits. I think that's where it starts uh, in this particular game. And then, you know, I, I guess I should do the old who reached base twice, Cesar Hernandez, you know, who was the DH in this one, had two reach base twice with the two hits. The other guys had three. It's not a great game by Savali, so I'm not. I'm tempted to not go there with it, and I think I might just give it to Eddie Rosario, who also had a home run in one of those at-bats. We'll talk about the debacle that was Sunday's game in a moment. But first, let's talk about Bilt Bar. Oh, how I love thee. They're grasshopper fudge ones. Again, when those go live, I'm buying a box. You should buy a box if you have not tried Bilt Bar. Uh, this is the perfect time. This is my favorite bar that they have had i'm just kind of going over there right now as i'm talking to you to see if uh they've even posted anything about it on the site it's i i love i love built bar it's just they are delicious i get so excited every single time i get a new trial pack from them if i am making you intrigued to check them out remember you want to go to builtbar.com i am there right now use the promo code locked on 15 Currently, there's no, uh, ooh, they do have a new travel cooler. Stay cool for $14.95. That is kind of their the thing right now on top of all the things you can normally get. Their broths, their boosts, their bites, and their bars. Like I said, when I find out about the grasshopper, go get it. It is delicious. The sample they sent me was just pure amazingness. Go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON15. It's all great. I would normally now go over to Bet Online, tell you about the line for tomorrow's game for the Indians, Indians have two off days this week, Monday and Thursday. They're going up against the Cardinals, uh, two-game series. They'll have the lines for those games and so much more over at betonline.ag. Our official partner for all things gambling. Go check it out for yourself, betonline.ag. They have everything from politics to horse racing, casino and esports, anything you can imagine. You'll find it over at betonline.ag today. Remember to use your promo code uh, locked on to get a 5050% bonus on your first deposit. 50%, that's huge. You're never going to get a bigger uh, percentage on anything we offer through this website uh, through this podcast. It's the biggest promotional total we have ever had in my time in my 500 plus episodes of Locked on Indians. Go to betonline.ag today. Use that promo code locked on. So let's talk about this Sunday game, uh, if time permits. We'll talk about uh, a little bit about the Cardinals, but I do want to have something to talk about on Monday, so we're not going to go too in-depth when it comes to those Cardinals. But let's talk about this embarrassing 18-5 to loss, a game where I stopped watching. I hope you did too, but also a game where, like, when I saw that it got to the point, like, when I, I stopped at about 10, I was like, that's, okay, this game's over. When I saw it got to 15, I assumed they had let a position player pitch. Uh, I came back later to prepare for the show. Realized, no, that just wasn't the case. The pitching stayed that bad. Uh, I talked about all the great things Quantrell had done, and then he gives up seven and one and one-third innings. Uh, and it's always that great debate to me about, like, yeah, he had two unearned runs because an error he made. So let's just go into these. First inning, he... He gives up the uh, Cedric Mullins the ninth home run. So that's Cedric Mullins hit three home runs between Saturday and Sunday. He was at six entering the series. I mean, he's been great all year, but man, what a weekend for him. 
But it, it's a relatively uneventful first outside of that ho- a solo shot. Okay. So let's just dive into it. Single, single, fly out, hit a batter, single, single, fielder's choice, error, double, ground out, strike out. The double when Sandlin comes in, and that allows more runs to come across. Uh, So Sandlin ends up going two-thirds of an inning, and through the double allows even more damage to get done. Uh, I mean, he came in in a rough situation. Henches, who has really been struggling. I mean, his ERA is up to 8.51. That's why you have Blake Parker up. I mean, you can't. I mean, Henches needs needs some time in, in double-A. Triple-A, <laughs> uh, too, probably. But uh, I'm, I would be very nervous about sending a guy who is massively scuffling, who got his first ch- taste of big league extended looks and gets sent down. To send him to Columbus, that's the big problem they have right now is when you send a guy down to Columbus, you're messing with their head even more because that park is a bandbox. The Indians need to just, like, talk to ownership there, and uh, I don't know how that park was allowed to be designed the way it is. It's just, it's crazy. So, Henches, it's been a struggle. Nice to see Trevor Steffen, two and one-third innings. I mean, he's probably going to be one of your three stars in this one. Uh, two walks, one strikeout, doesn't allow a hit. And it gets his ERA under four. Kyle Nelson, it's ugly. One inning, five hits, five earned runs. Nick Whitgren, we've talked about the struggle it's been for him this year. He gives up a solo shot in his uh, one inning of relief. It It's not great. On the other side of things, I was kind of sad, A, that I missed Zach Lothar, and B, that he got ripped up and I think his major league debut i've been on his bandwagon since he was at xavier i saw him dominate at ohio state and there's a whole thing for a time where you saw guys who d- led the cape cod league in strikeouts really perform well and see their stock elevate Lothar, this is that guy who the stuff isn't great it's not it's terrible but he has still managed to consistently miss bats in the minors i'm very curious to see how that translates for him in the big leagues i've been huge bandwagon guy for him for a long time so we'll have to see how that goes and the Orioles are a, a team I should root for I really like DJ Stewart when he was coming out of Florida State and he was kind of a safe draft pick but a weird safe one kind of reminds me a little bit if I'm being honest of Ethan Wilson in this year's draft class where kind of a bigger body guy left field only more on base than power uh, but uh, Stewart had a great weekend against the Indians. It is interesting. He is, I mean, that, that's the thing again. Like, DJ Stewart, for his foibles and his struggles, again, former first-round pick. If I go put his name into good old fan graphs, I bet he's about a 100 WRC this year. But he's at, at about 100 for runs creation. A 106. 124 last year. Like, again, the Indians don't have anyone over 100. Outside of Jose Ramirez and Fran Reyes, DJ Stewart isn't even a full-time player for Baltimore, and he's there. Like the the Indians could legitimately just shop all day at Baltimore. Uh, it's it's a team where you know DJ Stewart is what he is, but he's a, a league average bat. The Indians don't have that. Cedric Mullins again should probably be the number one thing on on, on the Indians' wish list. 
uh, Freddie Galvis, who they got uh, after they traded away Jose Iglesias and got some value for him. He has been league average at shortstop. Talked about my love of Santander. We talked about my love of Trey Mancini. They've got legitimately five or six hitters that I'm are great. And, you know, of course, Moncastle is a guy they're not going to trade. He was a rookie last year. But they're just such an interesting team, just loaded up on parts and pieces. Even if you don't want to pay the cost for Cedric Mullins, you know, I had that talk with Pat Ellington, my co-host, when he was on the show, where he's like, eh, I don't know if I want to trade parts and pieces. Let's let these guys, uh, let's call up instead our own young players and see what they could do. There's a part of me that goes, if the Indians don't believe enough in Daniel Johnson to give him a chance, then I'd almost rather just trade for a DJ Stewart because at least he's got three years of above league average offensive data. We know he can do it. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be uh, a walk in the park. He's not a good defender, but it's like if he is a relatively cheap piece to acquire, you get a guy who's got a track record of three plus years now uh, with that above average. I like how I type Stewart and I get uh, Ace Stewart. I'm like, I don't even know who that is. Played 1985. That's why I don't know who he is. So DJ Stewart this year. Lots of blues, but he walks, walk percentage is 87th. He doesn't chase. Oof, outs above average, one. He is a DH only, so maybe we don't trade for him. Uh, as He was never a good defender, and that hasn't gotten better. Max exit velocity at 71 is also in the red. His average is 15. He's a bit of a slap hitter, but he, he's a productive bat. I think that's, I'm just jealous of this Baltimore team. That it's a fun lineup. At the end of the day, I look at him like it is a fun lineup. They've got parts and pieces coming in. Let's talk about the Indians in this one. Bobby Bradley, have yourself a day. He's going to be one of your three stars as well with uh, Trevor Steffen. Goes three for four, has a double and a home run. Ahmed Rosario gets his fourth home run. Uh, Yuchen Chang, second day in a row with an extra base hit, so that's a positive. You've got, so who reached base twice? Josh Naylor and Jose Ramirez. And Bobby Bradley, you got three. Uh, I, you know, I guess I would give the third star to Josh Naylor unless he had an error in this one. Uh, he, uh, he had an outfield assist as well. There we go. Two of them. So, yeah, Naylor. Uh, two outfield assists, uh, a double, and a walk. Reaching base twice, Bradley and uh, Trevor Steffen for being the only... No, I... I gotta let me let me just go look at the plays for this one in the sixth before I make an incorrect statement. Now technically two pitchers didn't allow a run. Nick Sandlin though did give up a hit that allowed a run to cross, so that run was charged to Quantrell. I just double checked to make sure that uh Stefan didn't even was not part of any run crossing the plate. So that makes him uh the only pitcher who didn't wasn't involved with a run. So easy to make Trevor Stefan, Bobby Bradley and then Josh Naylor, our three stars in that final one. Brutal weekend against one of the worst teams in baseball. You got to win these. I mean, that's just end of story. I know they had essentially two bullpen games, but I, they're in a situation where they're having two bullpen games after a day off. But it's a situation they back themselves into. They don't have the starting pitching. They have two guys they can trust. They have another guy they thought they could trust who's hurt, and they had another guy who... It's not they could trust and they couldn't trust, and now maybe they can trust McKenzie. We'll have to wait and see. 
But it's a bit of a disaster right now. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. Uh, tomorrow we'll talk about the Cardinals, two-game series. Uh, hardest team they're going to face in the next few weeks. And for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.